Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim Harris will continue in the book of Mark with chapter 14, verses 12 through 21. It's the preparation for the last Passover in which Jesus institutes the practice of Christian communion to replace the old remembrance called the Passover. With the arrival of the Messiah and the shedding of his blood as our once-for-all sacrifice for sin, that which foreshadowed his ultimate sacrifice would no longer be necessary. What the Passover and the sacrifices symbolized before Christ, what those only foreshadowed, has now, through Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, been fulfilled. And we practice this memorial every time we come together to participate in it. Pastor Jim will connect what Jesus institutes here with all that had come before as a symbolic reminder of what only Jesus could eventually accomplish. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Last Passover. You would want to turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 14, where today we will put in at verse 12 and continue through verse 21 as we look at the preparations for the last Passover. Let's start by looking in on our cast of characters and the scene from where we left off last time in Mark. Uh, The characters in this section are pretty specific. We have a secondary reference to an unnamed person, the man who provided the room for the Last Supper. But our focus is going to be upon Jesus and the twelve disciples with special focus on Judas Iscariot. So we're going to have a very narrow little group of people today. The scene is the city of Jerusalem. It is the time of the Passover, and Jesus arranges for them to gather in an upper room in what was probably a pretty large house somewhere in Jerusalem to eat the meal together. If you go to Jerusalem and anybody shows you where this room is, they made it up. We don't know where the room is. We didn't make up the fact there was a room, but nobody knows exactly where it was. The storyline is that we are very near the end of the life of Jesus Christ. This takes place the night before he will die on the following day. It's now Thursday of Passion Week. Jesus is going to eat this meal with his men He's going to give them very important instructions and some profound teaching. All of that is recorded in John 13, 14, 15, and 16. Then he'll go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. There he will pray. That's recorded in John 17. He'll be betrayed. He'll be arrested. There will be a mockery of a trial that will span that whole night. 
By morning, he will have been flogged. He'll be crucified about nine o'clock in the morning, and at three in the afternoon, he will die by his own will. Now, I mention that just to remind you, Jesus very much had all these things on his mind when he ate that Passover meal that night with his disciples. Today's passage records a pivotal night or the beginning of a pivotal night in the unfolding of God's plan of redemption. Well over 14 years, uh, 1400 years I should say, closer to 1500 years after the Passover was established by God on the night that the Hebrew people were liberated from their slavery in Egypt, Jesus decide, Jesus gets together with his disciples in this upper room to eat this Passover meal. This was to be the last divinely authorized Passover meal. That night, the Lord instituted a new memorial. It supersedes the Passover. And this one points to himself and his work on the cross. Now, he took components from the Passover feast. He refined them as, or redefined them, I should say, as elements of what we call the communion table or the Lord's Supper. And we will come to that passage next week, Lord's willing, Lord willing. Now, of the, all the millions of lambs that had been slain in all of those homes in Israel for nearly 1,500 years, all those lambs symbolized the reality that deliverance from divine wrath requires the death of an innocent substitute. But none of those sacrifices ever actually atoned for sin. This Passover was going to be different because the final sacrifice was about to be slain. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, He was going to give His life the following day. He is the only satisfactory sacrifice that can be an offering for sin that is efficacious. Understand also that the the Passover was instituted long before the priesthood. This is something that predates all of the the so-called law of Moses, all of that whole sacrificial system. This, This picture is profound in its longevity and significance. Now here we're going to have yet more reminders that in the midst of all this stuff that's going on and the wicked plans against Jesus to murder him, he is in complete control of everything that's happening. He had a specific plan for this final Passover that he would celebrate with his disciples. One little detail adds even more majesty to this illustration of God's sovereignty. Uh, We saw last week that Judas had, several days before this, sneaked away to a clandestine meeting with the chief priests there he had agreed with them that for a price, he would betray Jesus. From then on, Judas was seeking the best opportunity to do the wicked deed. He had a promise to get word to the chief priest, he'll be at this place at this time, and and you can take him there. Well, they wanted it not to be in a public place because they feared a riot from the people who held 
Jesus in high esteem. And now think of Judas. He had been with Jesus for over three years. He'd celebrated probably three Passovers with him before. So he had a very good idea what would happen in the days around the Passover. It makes a lot of sense that Judas was probably thinking that the Passover meal would be the optimal chance for Jesus to be arrested without people being around. And that leads us to the events that are recorded in our next passage in Mark. You're going to see things play out on the human level, but you're going to see at the same time God moving pieces to put everything in place to establish the Lord's Supper. Now, all of those countless Passover celebrations commemorated a spectacular event in history when God delivered Israel from Egypt. But the Passover was also a type. I said all those lambs were pictures. A type is an Old Testament picture of something greater, always something to do with Christ and or with salvation. The Passover that we study today is the last time the Passover is to be celebrated because on the next day, our Passover, who is Christ, is to be slain. In 1 Corinthians 15, or 5, chapter 5, verse 7, Paul says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed. So there's the Passover, the old Passover, and there's Christ, our Passover. Oh, and there's even something beyond that, which I'll show you as we move along here. So we come to the last Passover, Mark 14, 12 through 21. We're going to save the Lord's table part of that for next Lord's Day. But we can outline this very easily based on two questions that are taken straight from the text. Number one, where shall we prepare? And number two, surely not I. Follow with me, Mark chapter 14, starting at verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed. Now, before I read on, remember that. This day when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed. We'll have to explain something there and help you see the the broad picture here. On the first day of unleavened bread, that's the seven-day feast beginning with Passover. The first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover. They'd done this three times. They knew what Jesus would want done. So it says, And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city. That would mean the city of Jerusalem, because remember they spent all the nights of that week at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus in Bethany, just a a short walk from the city of Jerusalem. Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Prepare for us there." The disciples went out and came to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, let's 
Let's massage this a little bit and get a few juicy morsels out of this. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.